My name is Ed Peters, and I welcome you to What's New. We return today to the 18th chapter of Acts, moving on to verses 20 through 28, the final verses of this chapter. In these verses, Luke concludes his account of Paul's second missionary journey, begins the record of his third journey, and introduces us to a Jew from Alexandria by the name of Apollos. On our previous study, we begin looking at Paul's return trip from Corinth to his home church in Syria. Luke tells us that when they reached the port city of Ephesus, Paul left us aboard ship while he went over to the synagogue for a discussion with the Jews. Now that brings us to verse 20 and to the remaining verses of this chapter. And he writes, They asked him to stay for a few days, but he felt he had no time to lose. I must by all means be at Jerusalem for the holiday, he said. But he promised to return to Ephesus later, if God permitted. And so we set sail again. Uh, Our next stop was at the port of Caesarea, from where he visited the church at Jerusalem, and then we sailed on to Antioch. After spending some time there, he left for Turkey again, going through Galatia and Phrygia, visiting all the believers, encouraging them, and helping them grow in the Lord. As it happened, a Jew named Apollos, a wonderful Bible teacher and preacher, had just arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. While he was in Egypt, someone had told him about John the Baptist and what John had said about Jesus, but that is all he knew. He had never heard the rest of the story. So he was preaching boldly and enthusiastically in the synagogues. The Messiah is coming. Get ready to receive him. Priscilla and Aquila were there and heard him, and it was a powerful sermon. Afterward, they met with him and explained what had happened to Jesus since the time of John and all that it meant. Apollos had been thinking about going to Greece, and the believers encouraged him in this. They wrote to their fellow believers there, telling them to welcome him. And on his arrival in Greece, he was greatly used of God to strengthen the church, for he powerfully refuted all the Jewish arguments in public debate, showing by the scriptures that Jesus is indeed the Messiah. Yeah. 
Apollo was a great man. He spoke and taught the things of the Lord. He taught everything that he had learned, but his knowledge was limited to the baptism of John. What he knew, he taught, but he had no knowledge of the resurrection of Christ. But thanks to Priscilla and Aquila, he was brought up to date, and God used him in a mighty way. Now here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Paul is anxious to get back to the two churches he called home. Jerusalem, the mother church, and Antioch and Syria on the Orontes River, the sending church. From Sencrea, the seaport for Corinth, Paul sailed across the Aegean to Ephesus. Ephesus was a commercial center and the capital of the Roman province of Asia, now western Turkey. Ephesus was a free city, not a Roman colony. That meant that it had its own senate and its own civic assembly. Here Paul went to the synagogue to try the waters. He was well accepted, and the Jews wanted to spend more time with him. He declined, opting rather to press on for the land of Palestine. He promised, however, to return, as he put it, if it is God's will. Well, Paul's ship landed at Jerusalem's seaport on the Mediterranean, Caesarea. From there he went the 65 miles to Jerusalem, where he greeted the church. Then 300 miles north to Antioch of Syria. Immediately Paul began his third missionary journey. He retraced the steps of a second trip and visited the churches in South Galatia. He was on his way to the great city of Ephesus on the west coast of Asia Minor. Luke leaves the story of Paul for a moment, and he introduces us to a very fascinating person named Apollos, probably a shortened form of Apollonius. He came to Ephesus from Alexandria, Egypt. Alexandria was founded by Alexander the Great in 332 B.C., and it quickly became a cosmopolitan center where many Greeks and Jews as well as native Egyptians resided. It became the meeting place between East and West, where the cultured, educated, and ambitious met. In this city, Hellenism was born. Here, Apollos was raised. Keep that in mind. Now, I want to emphasize four things about this man. Number one, he had great knowledge. Luke says he was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the Scriptures. Alexandria housed one of the first great universities of the ancient world. It was built by Ptolemy Philadelphus in 280 B.C., and it was called a museum. In ancient times, a museum was not a collection of ancient objects or objects of art. It was a place of culture and learning. The Latin word museum means the temple of the muses. The muse was the name of one of the nine gods of music, poetry, arts, and sciences. So a museum was a house of learning, a temple of muses. The king, Ptolemy, gathered a group of research scholars from all parts of the Mediterranean world gave them generous salaries, and set them to foster learning, scholarly writing, and academic discussion. The beautiful buildings were furnished with seminar rooms, a lecture hall, and dining room. Apollos came from that city. Perhaps he had been a student at this very university. His well-stored mind included a thorough knowledge of the Bible. He had a notable grasp of the Hebrew Scriptures. He had mastered the Old Testament. 
So the first thing said about this man is that he had great knowledge. Second, he had mastered communication skills. He had the ability to share his vast knowledge. He was a great communicator. He had been trained in rhetoric. He was proficient in debating and teaching. He was a captivating speaker. All of this was coupled with the fact that he had accurately taught and he had taught truthfully. Fortunately for the Christian world, he knew the truth, and he could communicate it well. Furthermore, he had the courage to present his convictions boldly. He feared no man. Luke writes, he vigorously refuted the Jews in public debate. This facility for speech and persuasion also had with it a sense of sophistication, which is implied in these statements. Here's the third point about this remarkable man. Coupled with the two I've just mentioned, he had spiritual fervor, which means he was bubbling over with enthusiasm, but more than that, he was possessed by the Holy Spirit of God who worked through him. Otherwise, all his learning and communication skills would have meant nothing. A fourth point, Apollos was devoted to the defense of the gospel. Now a problem. Luke writes that what this man proclaimed from the Bible, he proclaimed accurately. He was a careful student and a careful communicator, but it wasn't what he said, but what he left unsaid that was noticed. Priscilla and Aquila picked this up. In this case, he left things unsaid because his knowledge in one area was limited. Some people leave things unsaid because they wish to promulgate error. Not so this man. I have to admire Aquila and Priscilla for their alertness. They weren't swayed by knowledge, emotion, and rhetoric. They didn't just listen to what the man said, they listened to what he didn't say. This is a terribly important point. There are times when we must read between the lines. Priscilla and Aquila, who have been instructed by Paul, quietly, without public awareness, took Apollos aside, perhaps to their home, and instructed him further. There was no criticism. This was a delicate task of instructing the preacher. They soon discovered that Apollos knew only the baptism of John. He didn't know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit by which a believer becomes a member of the body of Christ. Nor did he know about water baptism by which the believer testifies to the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Apparently, Apollos was willing to be instructed. And when he later made his way to the province of Achaia, perhaps to Athens and later to Corinth, he vigorously refuted the Jews in public debate proving from the Scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah, a remarkably brilliant man whom God was able to use at a crucial time in the history of the early church. The beautiful thing is that he dedicated his talent, his knowledge, and his drive to the cause of Jesus Christ.
everything I am, everything I'm not, I'm yours, Lord. Try me now and see, see if I can be completely yours. I'm yours, Lord. What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.